Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, Method for Prayer, in the sermon series, Do Not Disturb. We're glad you're here. Now, let's get into this sermon. Luke chapter 11, verse number 9. We're starting a new sermon series entitled, Do Not Disturb. Because I want all of us to be intentional with our prayer life with Jesus Christ. And today we want to look at Luke chapter 11, starting at verse number 9. If you're able to stand, please stand in reverence to reading of God's holy word. Luke chapter 11, verse number 9. If you are able to stand, please stand in reverence to reading of God's holy word. Verse 9 reads, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or when he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Y'all didn't catch the shadiness of Jesus. Did did y'all see this pettiness? Jesus is so petty. Watch this. He says, if then you being evil. Yeah, he real petty. Y'all see that? That's where I get it from. Amen. (laughs) How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who asks him. I want to preach from the topic today, the method for prayer. Amen. You may be seated. The method for prayer. I have a homework assignment for you all as we open this sermon. I want you all to develop a routine of prayer for two minutes a day before you get out of the bed. For the next seven days, all I want you to do is to pray for two minutes from Monday to Sunday before your feet ever touch the floor. Just the other day, I was listening to James Clear, who is the author of the book entitled entitled Atomic Habits. He suggests that in order to stop procrastinating and create good habits, you should follow his two-minute rule. He recommends that when you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes. His article said that you will find that nearly any habit can be scaled down to a two-minute version. The ideal is to make your habit as easy as possible to start. Anyone can meditate for one minute. You can read at least one page, or you can put away at least one item of clothing. This is a powerful strategy because 
once you've started doing the right thing, it's much, much easier to continue doing it. The author suggests that a new habit should not feel like a challenge. The actions that follow can be challenging, but the first two minutes should always be easy. In the video, the author James Clear tells of one of his readers who went to the gym for five minutes for six weeks. Each time he would go to the gym and he would complete a half of an exercise and then he'll leave the gym. But because he developed this habit, after those six weeks, he was able to lose 100 pounds. James Clear suggests that the reader was able to complete this task because in the beginning, he was mastering the art of showing up. Let me say that one more time. That, at the, the, the reader, he was mastering the art of showing up. For years, I attended a CrossFit gym that had a sign in bold letters as we left the gym. It says, just keep showing up. Because the more you show up, the better you become. I wish I had a witness here. You may not be great. You may not be able to do everything. But if you keep showing up, it's going to come a point in time where you'll be able to complete everything you thought you were unable to. When I first went to this gym, I couldn't even hang from a pull-up bar without my arm feeling as if it was about to be pulled out of socket. But after I kept showing up time and time again, I was then able to do multiple pull-ups because I just kept showing up. When we learn to master the art of showing up in prayer, your life will change for the better. In our text today, Jesus is trying to teach the life lesson to the disciples about the method for prayer. In Luke, in Luke chapter 11, the disciples have been monitoring Jesus and they have noticed his commitment to prayer. They admired how Jesus would escape to find a location just to pray. So in this first verse, of this 11th chapter of Luke, as Jesus is finishing his daily routine of showing up in prayer, the disciples asked him a question, Lord, teach us to pray. What, what, what a wonderful request. The disciples proved to us the importance of prayer. They had watched Jesus be so impressive in his teaching and preaching that people marveled and wondered where did he come from. But they did not ask him, Jesus, teach us how to preach or teach. They watched Jesus conduct miracles, opening blind eyes, strengthening lame legs, causing the dead to rise, and changing lives forever. And their request is not, Lord, teach us to do miracles. I hope y'all catching this. They, they observed how Jesus had banded together a group of men and was leading them effectively to turn the world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ after the resurrection. But no one asked him, Lord, teach us how to be great leaders. The disciples proved to us that in order to preach and teach effectively, in order to perform and experience miracles, in order to be great leaders or even to be Christ-like, it starts with prayer. 
They attribute all of the success and the wonderful things that Jesus was doing to how they saw him consistently showing up in prayer. So the disciples, they asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. In this 11th chapter, Jesus gives them the model of prayer, the motivation for prayer, and the method to praying. Let me say that one more time. In this 11th chapter, he gives them the model of prayer, the motivation for prayer, and the method to prayer. The model, the Lord's prayer is the model prayer. And many of us may have learned this prayer to, as we recited in Sunday school or vacation Bible school. This prayer includes certain aspects that should be included in every prayer we offer unto God. One, we need to know who we're talking to. Our Father who are in heaven. Then you must treat God as holy, hallowed be thy name. We must ask for blessings on earth as those blessings are in heaven. We must submit ourselves to to his will and, and our request to his will. We must ask for our daily needs. We must confess our sins and we must also forgive others. And then we must ask God for help with temptation. Jesus is letting the disciples know that every time you pray, you don't have to say the same words, but your prayer must be coming from the same foundation as the model prayer. He gives them the model prayer, and then he tells them a parable that offers them the motivation for prayer. Jesus told the story about a man who was hungry and he didn't have any bread, so he went knocking on his friend's door. And while he's knocking on the door, his friend is asleep. And while his friend is asleep, the, the friend at the door just kept on knocking. I wish I had a witness here. He, he, no, no one came to the door, but he stood outside the door and just kept on knocking. No, no one answered the door. No one said, we'll be right there. No one said anything, but he just kept on knocking. And because he kept on knocking, the friend in the house gets up, goes open the door, gets some bread, give it to his friend, not because he was his friend, but because he kept on knocking. I wish I had a witness here that understand that the motivation for prayer is this. If we are persisting and are knocking, God will answer our prayers. Is there anybody here? that could testify you know what it is to keep knocking and no one answers uh, but you know also know what it is uh, after the knocking God opened the door and gave you what you needed Jesus he he gives them the model of prayer the motivation for prayer and finally he gives them the method to pray the method to pray so the question just might be what is this method well, number one, the method is this. Don't stop praying. Hey, you, you might not like it coming from me. Just look at your neighbor, look him in the eye and say, neighbor, don't stop praying. That, 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 that's it right there. Don't, 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 don't stop praying. The model, the model prayer tells us what to say when we pray, but the method tells us how to pray. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock 
and it will be open. Jesus is letting the disciples know that prayer is verbal because you have to ask. I wish I had a witness there. There is no such thing as a silent prayer. I wish I had a witness here. We must engage God with verbal communication. It is a, a, a prayer is verbal, but it is also active. I wish I had a witness because we have to seek God, which means to me that some work must accompany our prayers. I'm not, I wish I had a witness here that we, yes, we pray, but we just don't leave what we need on our knees. But after we finish praying, some work must accompany our prayers. I know you've been praying for a job, but you need to go and redo your resume. I wish I had a witness here. I know you've been praying for your body to be healed, but you need to change your diet. I wish I had a witness here. I know you've been praying that God will give you a new house, but, but you need to pay the bills in the one you have now. Prayer. Yeah, I feel real good right now. Prayer is verbal because you must act, you must act before it is given to you. Prayer is active because you must seek God for what you need. But, but not only that is it active and is verbal, but prayer must have some level of expectancy. I wish I had a witness, which means when you pray, you need to be expecting God to answer your prayers. Yeah, the Bible says knock and it will be open. Have you ever knocked on the door and not expected someone to open the door? I wish I had a witness here. Have you ever showed up to somebody's house and said, I'm going to knock on this door, but I hope they don't answer it. But when you need something, when you need to get into somewhere, you go to the door and you knock on the door because you expect somebody inside has the capability of pulling you from the outside and letting you in to where they are. Is there anybody in the building that could testify? I know how to knock on the door until God opened it. I'm expecting God to do something. Is there anybody that could testify? I'm looking for a miracle. I'm expecting the impossible. I want God to do something that nobody else can do. I'm not praying because it's a routine, but I believe that God can answer my prayer. Ah, Jesus says, ah, ah, prayer is verbal. Prayer is active. Yeah, yeah, you just get, don't, don't just pray. I know you heard people say just pray and leave it there. No, you need to run with that thing. <laughs> Help us today, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, 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 we know, we know the Bible teaches us faith without works is dead. Uh, because you can have all the faith in the world. You can pray until you sweat. But if you don't put no work behind that prayer, that is nothing but a bunch of empty words. Then when you pray, as you knock, you need to expect God to do something in your life. Jesus is telling the disciples don't stop praying. If we look at the words in the Greek, the acts, the seek, and the knocking in the Greek, these are verbs that are in their present tense, which means Jesus was literally saying, keep asking. 
I thought y'all would shout about that. Keep seeking and keep knocking. Prayer is not a one-time occurrence. It's something that must happen continually. You can never graduate or get to a point in life where you don't need to pray anymore. And if you make it to a point where you think you don't need prayer, you need prayer. I wish I had a witness in this building today. Jesus is saying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. I like the Bible because the Bible gives us examples of what God is trying to tell us. We don't need many illustrations from life. We can use illustrations from the Bible. The Bible says keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking means just keep on praying. And when you keep on praying, God will show up in ways you never expected him to. In Acts chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas. The Bible said it was their custom to go to prayer every day. And as they're going to pray, Help me today, God, as they're on their way to prayer. It's this slave girl that kept bothering Paul, and Paul got annoyed with her. And when he got annoyed with her, he cast that demon out of her. And when the demon came out of her, she could no longer perform her function that her slave masters had on her. And said because of that, they were upset with Paul and Silas. And because they were upset with Paul and Silas, they beat them and they shackled them and they put them in maximum security, but the Bible says uh, at midnight. Yes, sir, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. It did not say they started praying at midnight. It means they were praying before midnight. It's just God didn't decide to move uh, until midnight. And when God moved, uh, he shifts some stuff. Uh, the earth began to quake. Uh, the chains came off. Uh, and all of the doors came open because they kept seeking. They kept asking. And they kept on knocking. Uh, and because they kept on praying, God showed up. God showed up because they kept preaching, me praying. They kept on asking. They, they kept knocking. And they kept seeking. Can I tell you something? I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day, Richard, and someone began to talk about this Chinese bamboo tree. It talked about how this tree grows. It, it suggests that this tree, once you plant the seed, you must water this tree and you must fertilize it every day while it's in the ground. And, but however, as you're watering the tree, and, and as you're fertilizing the tree, the tree never grows. It, it takes five years just for the tree to grow. For five years, the tree never breaks through the the ground. For five years the tree lives in darkness. For five years the tree is underground and unseen but after five years once it breaks through the ground it grows 90 feet in five weeks. 
y'all not feeling me here. Can I tell you that sometimes uh, praying consistently uh, can feel like uh, caring for a seed uh, that will not grow. Uh, sometimes praying consistently uh, is like watering and cultivating a seed uh, that does not seem to present a reward. Uh, but if you keep showing up in prayer, uh, it allows you to grow in the dark. Uh, have I got a witness here? Uh, if you keep showing up in prayer, it allows you to build your foundation. If you keep showing up in prayer, when God brings you to the light, everybody will know that they got a private life in prayer. Don't, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying is the method because number two, the method is the same. Uh, I ain't never did this before, and some of y'all might call me a little lazy for this, but number one, the method is this, don't stop praying. Number two, the method is this, don't stop praying. That's it. That's it, Doc. That's it. I tried. I tried. <laughs> Dr. B, that's the best I can come up with. Number one, don't stop praying. Number two, don't stop praying. Jesus says, everyone who seeks, finds, acts, given, knock, be open. Jesus uses an inclusive term in the text. He says, everyone, which means no one is left out. If you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, in the door will be open. Jesus is showing us all that in order to get what we need from the master, we must be intentional in our communication on our part with God. That even though God knows what we need before we ask, he still requires us to ask. So the theological struggle with this language in the text is this. Has Jesus given us all a blank check? Let's make this real now. He said, if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. And if you knock, the door will be open. So we have some theological problems here in the text. There's some tension here. Because if you've been a part of Jesus' family long enough, you understand there's some things you prayed for that you asked for you did not receive. You sought after some things that you did not find. You knocked on the door, and what you needed was not inside when you got in. I wish I had a witness in this place today. So, so the question is, what is Jesus really saying in the text? This is some deep theological stuff that, that I'm going to be honest, I don't have the answer. But I do understand who Jesus is because I've been living with him for a little while now. I understand in prayer you get at least three answers. You get a yes, you'll get a no, and you'll get a not yet. <laughs> Sometimes the answer we receive is not what we expected. <clears throat> Sometimes what we find after seeking is not what we was looking for. 
Sometimes what is behind the door was more disappointing than what we needed. So the question today is, how do we handle a no or not yet? say this, when, when, when I first started pastoring in a little church in Virginia, I conducted pastoral care at the bedside of many members of the church who were on the verge of dying. And I knew if I asked, God would receive my prayer. And they would give these people longer life because I was the pastor. I was the man of God. And I, and, I, and I had been in prayer, and I knew when I got to that hospital, I, I, I was going to be, be like Elisha, and I was going to breathe on them and, and look over them, and, and, and the sick bodies would be healed. <laughs> However, on most occasions, God had decided to take them out of this world. I was depressed. I was confused because God was not answering my prayers like I thought he would. So I went into prayer, and this time I held God in question. Y'all do know you can question God, don't you? Amen. I, I, I held God in question. I said, God, what is going on? Because I assume these people asked me, the man of God, to come and pray so that God can move. But God, you always move in a different way than what I expected. And God answered me. And the first thing he did, he reminded me, I'm God. <clears throat> And, and yes, I give you the ability to pray and access to my throne, but ultimately, I am the final decision maker. Is there anybody that understand that we must all must understand that prayer is not dictating to God what we want, but prayer is a humble and heartfelt felt expression of, of an attitude of gratitude uh, that we're depending on God uh, to provide our needs. Uh, and when we approach God in this way, uh, we are truly submissive uh, to God's will. Uh, so if God does not do it, uh, we're still able to do it. Have I got a witness here? Can I tell you, consistent prayer, it develops a relationship with God. He may not be answering your prayers like you want him to, but if you stay consistent in prayer, you will develop a relationship with God. Oh, my God. A few months ago, uh, uh, on our motivational prayer line, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m., we are on the phone praying with our church. Anybody and everybody is welcome. If you need the number, let us know. We'll get it to you. But we are in prayer Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m., and every and a few months ago, Mother Georgia Henderson, she'll get on the phone and she had one prayer request every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. She would pray, uh, pray for my son Stephen and his and his friend Joe Horn. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Mother Henderson would get on the prayer line. Sometimes you can hear the tears or hear the crying. You'll hear that she was 
was frantic because she couldn't get on because of some technical difficulty. But every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, the prayer request was the same. Pray for my son, Stephen. I feel like shouting in here. And pray for his friend, Joe Horn. But I don't know about y'all, my brothers and sisters. I used to get excited just to hear her voice. She had the same prayer request every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday. But, but even though she prayed consistently, even though she prayed persistently, her, her son died and his friend died. But every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Mother Henderson is still on the prayer line. Y'all not feeling me in this place. She didn't get what she wanted from the prayer, but she understood who God was. And since God is still able, she was still trusting him. Every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, she didn't get her son, then get his healing on this side. But he may have got his healing on the other side. His friend, then get their healing on this side. But she was willing and still willing to trust in God that he's a deliverer. I got to go. I got to go. The method for prayer is this. Number one, don't stop praying. Number two, don't stop praying. And I'm about this preacher, so I have to have three points in a poem. Number three, y'all must look at my lesson. We praying for Mother Henderson, but she just put something in my spirit right there. That even though God don't answer your prayer like you want him to, you still can fall down on your knees and say, Father, it's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of a breakthrough, standing in the need of a blessing. You didn't give me what I needed, but I still trust you. You can keep me even though you took something from me. Don't stop praying. I got to go. Jesus begins to pose the question, presenting different objects to the, his disciples with op total opposites of each other. He begins to speak of a hungry child. And this hungry child will go to his father and ask for some bread. And after he asks for some bread, Jesus says, would you give him a stone? Then he says, uh, uh, you have a hungry child, and he come and asks you for a fish. Would you give him a serpent? Uh, then he says, you have a hungry child. Help us today, God. Uh, and you go, he comes to you, and he asks for an egg. Uh, would you give him a serpent? Well, watch this. The opposing objects were something that could harm the child. No, the fish, the egg, the bread can feel the child, the stone, the serpent, help us today, God, and the scorpion can harm the child. And Jesus says, he says, uh, 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 don't, don't, don't you treat your child like this and you're evil? 
you, you, you'll give them uh, what they need uh, and you don't have the same characteristics as your God. Oh, I wish I had some witnesses in this place. Jesus said you have a hungry child and, and if your hungry child comes to you, you will not uh, send them away with something that will harm them, but you will give them something that will help them. Can I tell you something what Jesus is saying? That sometimes when we go to God uh, we may not get what we want uh, but we'll always get what we need uh, we may not get uh, filet mignon but he'll send us away with a bologna sandwich uh, we may not get uh, a Mercedes Benz uh, but he'll send us away with a bus pass uh, have I got one witness here we may not get uh, everything we want but God uh, he'll give us just what we need I got to finish this. I, I got, okay, I only got a half a page left. Here it is. Jesus, he's still in the same vein of the text where he's talking about prayer. And he says, don't you think you're heavenly father? And so what Jesus does, he reminds them in the method about the model. Help me today, God. In the model, he, he says, Our Father, who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Have I got one witness here? And then he says, Don't you think your heavenly Father will give you better gifts than your fathers who are evil? He said, When you have a father, you have an intimate relationship with somebody who has own power in his hands you have a relationship with God himself the creator of the world you have a relationship that scooped down and picked up some dust and made man so man was alone and took a rib and made a woman you have somebody that has enough power in his hands that he told the waters you can go this far. In the land you can go this far. And Jesus said, won't your heavenly father give you the Holy Ghost when you ask for it? That's why we're here today. Today is Pentecost. Have I got a witness here? Pentecost. Yes, sir. Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover. And Pentecost is, was a time when the believers of God, they came together after Jesus had died on the cross. After he had died until death died. Died until the sun refused to shine. Died for your sins and mine. Until the centurion guard, he posed the question, he must have been the son of God. Have I got a witness here? He died, but early one Sunday morning, he got out of the grave with all power in his hands. And when he got up, he hung around for 40 days. And while he hung around, before he left, he told the disciples, go wait for the Holy Ghost. And while they were waiting in the upper room, they were praying. Have I gotten one witness?
witness. And while they were praying, a mighty rushing wind came. While they were praying, tongues of fire began to come down on them. While they were praying, they began to speak in languages they had not been taught. While they were praying, God began to move. While they were praying, God began to feel. While they were praying, God began to deliver. And on Pentecost, when they came out of the room, they wondered what was going on. Peter said, we're not drunk. We're just filled with the Holy Ghost. And when we pray, we need the Holy Ghost. When we pray, we need the Holy Spirit. Fill me up. We need the Holy Ghost to walk with us. We need the Holy Ghost to talk to us. We need the Holy Ghost. Rain, rain on me. Fill me up until I walk right. Fill me up until I talk right. Fill, fill me until I live right. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.